As we enter the new year, it is important for you to understand how to make the right decisions. Decisions always determines your destination in life. A lot of things we call on you in this new year that will demand you to make decisions. You see, you have to be very, very cautious to ensure that the decisions you are making act are the right decisions that will help you in your future. Amen? So, like we have said before, or you're already aware of, is a, you are free to choose your behavior. You are free to choose your lifestyle. You are free to choose your habits. But you are not free to determine the outcome of those choices. I can decide to be something. I can decide to live a way of life. I'm free. I have the power to do that. But I cannot control the outcome. The reason is very simple. Once you have decided on something, that decision has its own outcome. Once you have decided to live a kind of life, that kind of life you have decided to live has its own corresponding effect. And so that is how I've always told you that you should first of all look at the outcome you desire. What do you really want out of life? What do you want? A lot of young people, let me not say a lot, some young people, they claim the desire to have money, to be very rich. And then they get themselves involved in things they should not get themselves involved in. All of us know that there was a time where some boys we go to street junctions, open place on the main road, and poopoo -poo and use bread, we're eating their poopoo, all in the name of money. But they fail to realize that that way of getting money will not produce a good outcome. Yes, they may get the money. But how long would they live? How long would they enjoy the money? And so for us as believers, the word of God tells us that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he, God, does not add sorrow. And so the point is very clear. You can decide your behavior. You can decide your habits. You can decide how you choose to live your life, that is your life, they can decide on any matter. But you cannot decide what your decision will produce. You cannot. So I choose abundant life. I choose a sorrow-free life. 
Then if I choose to a sorrow-free life, that is, that is my outcome. Is my outcome is to have a sorrow-free life, an abundant life. Then the choices I'm making today should lead me to that sorrow-free life. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews 11.24 It says, By faith, Moses, when he was called to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God that to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Glory to Jesus. Amen. We all know that Moses was a priest in Egypt. This decision he made was an unqualified decision. He chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know the story of Moses. How that Pharaoh had made a decree that all male children should be killed, all male babies should be killed in, in, in Egypt. That male children belonging to the Jews. How that the mother got pregnant, he had pregnancy and a delivery, and then the baby was born, could only hide him for three months. When she could no longer hide him, she left everything in the hand of God, put Moses in a basket, and put him in River Nile, and told Miriam, the elder sister, Watch over this baby. Whatever happens, let me know. And Pharaoh's daughter came to have a bath in River Nine. And then saw the baby in the basket crying. She took him, adopted him as her own son. You saw the word Moses, the name Moses means drawn from the water. Adopted him as her own son. And so Moses became the son of Pharaoh's daughter, a priest in Egypt. Some scholars even believe that Moses would have become next Pharaoh in Egypt if he had stayed. But you see, while Pharaoh's daughter took Moses, he needed a nurse, somebody to help him take care of Moses. It's at that time that Mary rushed to her and said, Do you need a nurse? I can get you a nurse. And by divine providence, Moses was given back to her mother to nurse. But somehow Moses knew that he was not an Egyptian. The mother was have done a great work while nursing him. I would not know how many years he stayed with his mother. But the mother obviously did a great job. Moses knew that he was not an Egyptian. 
Moses felt a call of God upon his life to be the one to deliver the children of Israel from bondage in Egypt. God is standing away in slavery, abject bondage, great bondage in Egypt. And so what did he do? He chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now many of us don't understand what Moses was throwing away. Moses was throwing away great wealth and riches. At that time, Egypt was a world power. No nation on earth could rival Egypt. Egypt was a world power. And so Moses had access to the treasures of Egypt. Moses had access to the riches of Egypt. And Egypt had excellent education. And so he was laid in all the wisdom and all the learnings of the Egyptians. He was not an ordinary person. He was well educated in all the wisdom and learnings of the ancient world. But yet, he chose to identify with the poorest. It was a choice. Hallelujah. And so let's look at what this is choice entails. How do we make right decisions? Looking at the life of Moses here. A right decision is faith-based. A right decision is faith-based. We are told in verse 24 that by faith, Moses, when he was called to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith. By faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, what is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, so without faith it is impossible to please God. And so, Moses, if he needed to please God, he needed to have faith. What is faith? Biblical faith is not self-determination. Moral service is not trying to to be determined. There is determination in biblical faith, but it is not biblical faith in itself is not self-determination. Biblical faith is faith in the sacrifice of Jesus, both in the Old and in the New Testament. So the men of faith in the New in the Old Testament they had faith in the Christ, the Messiah that was to come. Then those of us in the New Testament we have faith in the Christ that has come and that is to come again. So biblical faith is you determine that listen, what Christ has done for me must manifest in my life. That is biblical faith. So there is determination of biblical faith but biblical faith in itself is not self-determination, it's belief and trust in what Jesus has done. Glory to God. And so, by faith, in the promise of the Messiah, Moses chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Glory to Jesus. And so, 
If you want to make a decision that is right, a decision that pleases God, a decision that is good for you, it should be based on what Christ has done for you. You want to make a decision concerning your marriage, it should be a decision that honors or recognizes what Christ has done as it relates to marriage. You want to make a decision concerning your health? That decision should be faith-based. How? By that decision recognizing and acknowledging what Christ has done for your health. You want to make a decision concerning your finances, concerning your business or your career? That decision should be faith-based. How? By that decision recognizing what Christ has done for you concerning that area of your life. Hallelujah. You want to make a decision on how you are going to treat somebody or how you are going to respond to somebody's behavior. That decision should be based on what Christ has done for you. Hallelujah. God tells us, for example, that as God, because of Christ, has forgiven us, that we should also forgive others in like manner. God, because of Christ, forgave us. Then he said we should also forgive others because Christ forgave us. So, if you are going to make a decision on how you want to deal or respond to somebody's behavior towards you, then it should, re- it should recognize what Christ has done for you. That is what faith is. Faith is not screaming and shouting, oh, this matter will we come back. No, that is not faith. Faith is you recognizing the Lord Jesus, what he has done for you in every circumstance of life. That is our point, Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 and the rest. It says, listen, that God will grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the recognition, in the knowledge of Christ. The Greek is, is the epignosis. Which means full acknowledgement, full recognition of Christ. Full knowledge of Christ. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So a right decision recognizes Christ. It is faith-based. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, a right decision chooses what is of permanent value above what is of temporal value. No, no, say that again. A right decision chooses what is of permanent value above what is of temporal value. In choosing to suffer affliction with God's people rather than the passing pleasure of sin for a season, Moses was opting for something that was of permanent value. Let's read that verse 25. Glory to Jesus. Is it choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a moment? It is very, very interesting how 
Hebrews qualifies the kind of life Moses was living in Egypt. Or Kohai qualifies everything that Moses stood to enjoy. He calls it the pleasure of sin. That is a passing pleasure. Something that does not stay forever. It's passing. A pleasure that is fading away. It's always there. It's not permanent. And so, his choice was to suffer affliction. Did he suffer the affliction? Of course, he did. Became a wanted criminal, a fugitive, running, running away, running away from home, going to suffer 40 years at the backside of the Sinaitic Desert, taking care of Jethro's sheep. Even though he was a priest in Egypt, when he did that, he was opting for something that is of permanent value. Because everything that was in the offering for him was passing away. The Bible says that while we look not at the things which are seen, but are the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There are a lot of people, all they just consider is what they are seeing around them, or what they can gain right now. People do business, they are looking at what they can gain. They don't care if they have to cheat somebody, if they have to lie, if they have to steal. They don't care. They are just looking at, let me just enjoy myself now. In Proverbs, God says that bread gotten by deceit. And that refers to money get, gotten by deceit, by lies, by trick, by stealing, by duping people. He said, when you put that bread in the mouth, as you are putting biscuit in your mouth, he <laughs> said it is sweet. He said, but later, <laughs> it will turn to gravel. You know what they call gravel? Granite is gravel. It's a kind of gravel. So, he says that a man that steals, that cheats, that lies, that jukes, whether with computer, with laptop, with phone call, with any means, whether through dating, dating or whatever, it says a man or woman that cheats. What they get from it, it says initially it is sweet. See, but later, you know what? No, our bread is sweet bread is in the mouth. Now chewing it, you're enjoying it. He says, as the person is chewing it, very soon, before he knows it, from succulent field, it turns to gravel. You know what it is to grind your teeth to grind stone? If you ever see stone in rice that you are eating, or you are eating meat pie with bone inside, <laughs> you know what the Bible is talking about. People have lost their tooth because 
they grinded just small stone, not gravel now, small stone in the food that they were eating, or one tiny bone in the meat pie they were eating. And so a person that decides now that I'm going to steal to get money, I'm going to cheat to get money, that person is not choosing what is of permanent value. That person is choosing temporal value because yes, he may get the money, but the money will work against him. So what is the use of getting money that will work against you? When you can get money that will not work against you. So is it not foolish? You can make money that will not work against you. Then you, you choose to make money that work against you. And many of those young boys that are doing all these things, tell them to do business. They can't do any business. Many of them, 99% of them, they can't do business. They can't. And so, even your relationships, <laughs> choose something that is of minimum value. Not the passing pleasure of seeing. The point is this, you can have sorrow-free money. Anybody, all you have is to do the right things. Do the right things. Make the right choices. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when Moses chose to suffer affliction with the poor of God, instead of enjoying what was available for him in, available to him in Egypt, the Bible called the passive pleasure of sin, Moses was seeing something of modern value over something of temporal value. Hallelujah. Number three, a right decision puts the spiritual above the natural. Hallelujah. We are told that Moses esteemed the reproaches of Christ above the treasures of Egypt. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So, as far as those was concerned, the reproaches of Christ, the sufferings of Christ, the redemptive work of Christ, as far as those was concerned, is it was of greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I want to pay attention to this. The reproaches of Christ speaks of the redemption of Christ, is the redemptive work that he suffered in our place, that he went to the cross for us. That he was buffeted, insulted, spat upon. A ton of, 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 of crown was put upon his head. He was pierced by the side. He was nailed to the cross with his hands and feet. 
The Bible says that Moses considered what Christ will do above the treasures of Egypt. And then note, Christ had not come. Jesus had not come. And so you, we could say that he has not done anything yet. But yet, Moses was looking to what he will do. He had more respect, regard to the reproach of Christ than the treasures of, of Egypt. He said he considered the reproach of Christ greater riches. Greater riches. Now, there is a lot of truth hidden in that statement. More than shows to all, there are greater riches in the reproaches of Christ. Greater riches in the reproaches of Christ. So, will you embrace the reproach of Christ, the redemptive work of Christ, even when you are not seeing the manifestations? When you have not yet seen the manifestation, because the manifestation will come. Hallelujah. We saw yesterday in the cross of our service, Peter tells us that we should pay attention to the written scriptures as unto a light that is lit in the dark, gloomy season of life. That we will do that, that it will come the day we dawn. And the morning star, Jesus, the morning star, will shine in our hearts. Hallelujah. So that there's no manifestation now does not mean it will not come. The morning star is coming. Hallelujah. It will shine in your heart. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And so for Moses, the reproach of Christ was of greater riches. Than the treasures of Egypt. What you do in making decisions, you choose what is spiritual above what is natural. You choose what is of permanent value over what is of temporal value. Amen. Hallelujah. When you do these things, then you are following God's principles and you are making right decisions. One more thing. I think that's the fourth number four. A right decision puts the future above the present. Look at that later part of verse 26. For he had respect unto the recompense of the world. That literally means that he was looking to the reward. The reward was in the future. You know, when it comes to Christ for Moses, Moses was not going to experience Jesus. That is, Jesus will not come in his days. Jesus was going to come some years, hundreds of years after him. But Moses was looking at that reward. The benefit of Christ's coming. 
He was looking, that was what he was looking at. Because he had respect to the recompense of the reward. He was looking forward to the future. How will this benefit my children? How will this benefit my posterity? How will this benefit Israel? How will this benefit the world? He was looking at the future. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And so, a right choice puts the future ahead of the present. Did you hear this? A right choice puts the future ahead or above the present. You know that we have a generation right now of young people who think and feel that money is just for spending. Do we spend money? Of course. To hold the service alone, you have to spend money. You have to burn fuel. The generator, the generator has to walk, has to walk. Money is spent. But money is not principally for spending. Okay, you get 100,000 naira. You burn all the 100,000 naira for pleasure. So, how, how does that person prosper? But you get 100,000 naira and you think of the future. How much can I set aside that can add value to my future? How much? That's the question you should be asking yourself. How much? You get 10,000 naira. How much can I set aside out of 10,000 naira that will add value to my future? When you start thinking like that, even as a child, you start thinking like that. And so, any money I get, I must set something aside that will add value to my future. Maybe I used to put that investment, financial investment, or invest in self-development. You know that that's something you need to learn to do. Invest in the development of yourself. Either by buying books or whatever, but you are investing in your self-development. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And so look at the future. Don't look at the present. I said, Glory to Jesus. Bow said he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He was looking to the reward. He was looking to the future. You ask yourself, if I'm studious, if I'm hardworking in my career, at my job, what is it to me? If I'm lazy, is it I don't finish my assignments, I don't do my jobs well, is it I'm not serious in what I do, how will it affect my future? Look at all those things. Moses knew he would suffer. Moses knew that there were riches he was going to lose by accepting Christ, by going after the reproaches of Christ. But yet he went ahead because God said he was looking to the reward. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Glory to Jesus. Amen. 
There are some women who are suffering right now in their marriages because all they considered in making the choice of who to marry was financial benefits. That was all they considered. They didn't consider any other thing. They saw the sign that this, this man is like this, but he has money. The man was insulting them. You know, they are guests right now. Their boyfriends are beating them, insulting them, cursing their parents. And yet they are still stupid, like a sheep that have no sense. They are still following those boys. The boy insults you, insults your mother, insults your father. And you as a girl, you are still going like a sheep that is going to the slaughter. You are in for a big trouble. You are in for a big trouble. Because at the time he puts you in the house, he is going to teach you a lesson of your life. Any boy that does not respect your parents is bad for you. Bad for you. Wrong. Why you say have your life in your hands? No one do they consider, oh, she has money, he has money. Oh, he has a Benza. Oh, he has this. Oh, he has that. He bought me a phone, uh, 13 Pro Max. He can buy me more self. He can do this, can do that. Then he's insulting you. He has not married you, he's insulting you. He has not married you, he's dictating your life for you, telling you what your life should be. He's the one that's directing your life for you. I've always told you here, young girls, listen. Before you say yes to a boy, be standing first. If, for example, you are a medical doctor or you are about to finish medical school and then a boy comes and wants to marry you, he can't tell you not to be a doctor again. But if a boy comes to meet you, you don't have any job, you don't have uh, any certificate, you don't have anything, he will not be telling you, uh, you, you will not be saying you believe market. I will open shop for you here. I will do this for you there. I will do that for you there. Because you don't have any direction yet for life, you will not be detecting, detecting life for you. But if you are already a lawyer, even if you are not graduated, you are already a lawyer in the pro- he knows that he's a lawyer I want to marry. Or you are already in uh, evil teacher training, school of education, school of education, he knows that his teacher wants to marry. But if there is nothing, no direction. You don't even know where you are going to. You don't know what you want out of life. You are not saying yes to a boy. That boy will control your life. Tell you what to do. Tell you everything. Will dictate everything for you. It should not be that stupid. It should not be that stupid. So that is why the first thing. This is a new year. The first thing is for you to carve a path for your life. Have a path for your life. Be going towards that direction. Before any man approaches you, the man will think first. Say this one, that doctor. I don't want married doctor. There are some men that they don't like marriage. They are afraid to marry nurses. Believe that they are two wives. So if you, if you are nursing, and that kind of boy comes and say, no, uh, not the married nurse. No, the two guesses, the two wives. 
and then he runs and leaves. But if nothing, just secondary school, he will tell you, hey, what you do now? You come and stay with my mother. I will open store for you in my village. You will be selling. You have a kiosk. Have your path. Face your future first. And anybody that cannot walk along with you to that future, or like to go to that future, throw him through the window. Throw him through the window. Let him go. It's not good for you. Glory to Jesus. 